Good morning, my friend. I hope you are doing well. It is September 13th. It's a Wednesday, and I am here in Nebraska in the dark, waiting for the sun to rise and for my bride to wake up. This morning, I'm going back to work after a couple of days off. Um, of course, I told you yesterday we lost our, our super pups. Harvey and Lewis died this past weekend, and it's just been kind of a weird few days. Yesterday, we um, kind of put away all a lot of their things, and we're going to give some other dog owners, some bags of treats and stuff that Harvey and Lewis loved. And thank you for all of those of you who reached out uh, to, you know, console us a little bit after we lost our pups. And we're grateful for you. I'm going to leave the intro where I talk about the super pups up for a while. I just can't quite bring myself to move it yet. So bear with me. The super pups are in dog heaven or whatever happens to dogs after they die. And I appreciate all those who reached out. So this morning, I've, because I have to go back to work, um, I'm going to bring you back one of my all-time favorite episodes. I think it'll be encouraging to you. There's so many new listeners, so many new people who have subscribed. And by the way, please click subscribe on whatever uh, outlet, whatever uh, app you listen to podcasts on. It really, really helps. If Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen, if you'll click subscribe, that really helps us in terms of helping other people find the show. Um, first time in the top 200 of Apple for the past two days. I'm so grateful for your support. We are in 130 countries around the world, and wherever you are listening, know that we love you, and we are so grateful that you're on this self-brain surgery journey with us to change our minds and change our lives. And I've I've had several interviews lately that I've I've said, hey, this is one of my favorite all-time shows. We've just had some great guests lately, but I think if I had to pick number one, it might be this conversation I'm about to play you with Tommy and Eileen Walker that Lisa and I had a while back. It was an episode from back in season one. We replayed it once in season five. So neither of those are available to you. They're both in the paid-only uh, archive. So if you're a paid subscriber, you could listen to these. But if you're one of the free subscribers, you wouldn't be able to hear this. And since there's so many, couple thousand new people now since the book came out, since Hope is the First Dose came out, by the way, if you haven't read it, please check out Hope is the First Dose. But since there's so many new folks, I want to give you this episode today. It, it's about what do you do when the bottom drops out? What do you say? What does God have to say about these times when everything feels so hard? We're always talking about what we do, what we feel, what we say, what we do next. What does God say about it? Eileen Walker wrote an incredible song called What Do You Say? It's about reminding ourselves what God would say if he were sitting next to you. I remember Max Lucado in the in the hour-long conversation we had last week. And by the way, that's available on YouTube now. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But Max said when somebody has a hard thing, a hard question, he, he likes to think about what if they were sitting in my office next to me? What would I say to them face-to-face? It's not just a, a reader or a listener writing in. Like, what would I say if they were sitting in my office? Well, Eileen's song is actually like if she could walk into God's office or his living room and sit on the couch, what would he say? Like when I bring you this big pain, this massive thing, what would you say? And it's just a great look at the things that God says that are true, that he would tell you and remind you of when you're hurting. And I think it's a wonderful thing to bring you. I'm still hurting over Harvey and Lewis, to be frank with you. And what does God say about that? Even the little things in our lives, even the smaller things, not just the massive things. What does God say? Well, today you're going to get a chance to find out from my favorite worship songwriter of all time, Tommy Walker, his incredibly gifted daughter, Eileen Walker, who is a songwriter, an incredible songwriter of her own right, as you will hear in this episode. And then my 
brilliant, beautiful wife and her wisdom added to this conversation. Really, I think, makes it my number one favorite of all time. So without further ado, here's the conversation as is. Some great music mixed in there. Please subscribe wherever you listen. And don't forget, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. The good news is... You can start today. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. I just, I've been editing and nerding out on it for the last couple of hours. Lisa and I last night had a amazing conversation with our friend Tommy Walker. Of course, you hear Tommy's music every time you listen to this podcast. You hear uh, this water into wine intro and outro that he graciously allows us to use. And you hear me talk about Tommy Walker Ministries and all of that. Um, but Tommy's daughter, Eileen, actually both of his daughters play with him, sing with him. Um, Emmy is the other daughter, but Tommy's uh, daughter, Eileen, uh, wrote, um, a large portion of their latest album, Highest Praises, and they co-wrote several of the songs. But Eileen is a young lady, um, recently, um, graduated high school. She's, I think she's 20, 21 years old now, um. But we've been watching Eileen Walker videos since she was a little girl with Tommy and songs that she's written have been important to us worship in our worship and our playlists and all of that. And um, unfortunately, though, a couple of years ago, um, Eileen lost a close friend. And in the aftermath of losing her best friend, um, she wrote a song through the pain of that process called What Do You Say? And it's on the newest album, Highest Praises. And wherever you listen to music, you can get the Tommy and Eileen Walker album, Highest Praises. But you can also get it for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. You can stream the whole thing. You can download it. They provide everything they do for free. Tommy Walker Music, I'm sorry, TommyWalkerMinistries.org is the website. And you can get all of their videos, all of their charts. If you're a musician, you want to learn how to play these songs or use them in your church, you can download the charts, the lead sheets. Everything is free. Um, and that's why we support their ministry, frankly, is that they provide resources for worship leaders all over the world, and it's completely free. So just they, they exist completely on donations, people like us who believe in what they're doing. But they agreed to come onto the show because I heard Eileen on YouTube talking about why she wrote this song. And friend, I know if you're listening to my show, it's because you've encountered some hard things or you're going through something hard or you're recovering from something hard. That's just the kind of community that we have here is people who are finding how to hold on to their faith or rekindle their faith or sometimes discover their faith in the midst of the hard parts of life. And sometimes it's really, really hard to hear God's voice. We, we think he's gone. We don't think he's there anymore. Um, but he is. And, and Eileen wrote this amazing song out of a conversation that she had with the Lord in the aftermath of losing her friend. And I just felt like it was, I felt it on my heart. Lisa and I looked at each other when we heard it that first time. And I said, that we got to get that on the show. We got to get Tommy and Eileen talking about this, this process. And not only during the whole year with COVID and all that, not only did Eileen lose her best friend, but they also lost Tommy's brother-in-law, Eileen's uncle, suddenly, uh, tragically, um, passed away so that this family's been through a lot, but they're still worshiping. And it's just, just an important message. And it's so timely right now. And, and if you're listening and you're hurting, this episode's going to help. And we put some music in here. I included a song called Greater Than Great that has been one of Lisa's favorites, one of my favorites for years that they sang. And, and Eileen and Emmy both sing on this and Emmy plays guitar on the song. Um, but Greater Than Great, I, I went ahead and included the whole song. 
because I think it's important to remember when you're hurting, God is still great. When he feels far away, he's still God. When you can't feel him or hear him, sometimes you have to press in, but it's also so helpful during those times, even when we can't feel him, to know he's still there. He's still good. He's still great. So yeah, this episode is a long conversation. It's beautiful. It's fun. We laugh. We have we have great time. We talk about theology and all kinds of amazing things, but there's also two songs, Greater Than Greats in there, and then later after Eileen tells you the story of what do you say, we're going to play that song, and then we just continue to talk, and I, I think this will be a valuable, informational, um, worshipful, encouraging time for you, and I'm just so grateful for Tommy and Eileen's time. I didn't realize, I forgot, that Tommy and Lisa have never seen each other's faces, so here's what Tommy had to say when he saw Lisa's face for the first time. This must be the famous, amazing, what do you always say, the most beautiful, amazing of all time wife? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say. He does say that. (laughs) I've been trying to picture you in my mind. Before we get started, I asked Tommy to pray for us. Lord, just uh, actually the line of that song is still ringing in my ear, that you're the God who's close to the brokenhearted. Yes, you are, God. And Lord, we just know that there's going to be a lot of brokenhearted people that hear this episode and... And um, our words can only do so much, but if they're infiltrated with your Holy Spirit, you can bring healing and hope and renewal um, like only you can do to many, many people. So we pray that this can be more than a a nice, friendly conversation, but one filled with the power of your Spirit, spirit. uh, filled with your hope and and, um, and people would even come into faith, uh, yes, believing Lord. in you through yes. this, Lord. And we just thank you. We're, we're separated by all these miles and have never still yet to meet physically in person, but we so sense the, the sense of family and uh, one in the spirit. So grateful yes, for that. Lord. And just bless every thought, every word yes, to your, your power and glory. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, friend, this is the conversation that you need. If you're hurting, if you're worried, if you feel far from God, if you're having a hard time hearing his voice, if you're hearing lies from the enemy, putting labels on you or telling you that God doesn't love you anymore, this is the this is the show today. This is the episode that's going to help you. It's going to speak to you in just the, the space where God needs to break through in your life. I want you to just relax, or if you're working out, then press in. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to hear from two people who really worship with the heart of Jesus. And Lisa and I are incredibly grateful for the time that we have with Tommy and Eileen. I can't wait for you to get to know our two friends, Tommy and Eileen Walker, father and daughter, two worshipers who love Jesus and look and sound so much like him. You're going to have some fun and and just enjoy this. And as always, we're going to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. 
Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Friend, welcome back. We are Lisa and I are here. I've got Lisa with me. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lee. And we're just so excited. We got uh, two of our friends and two of our people that we think so highly of and care about that you've heard many times on the show before. You've heard Tommy Walker's voice and his music. And, and uh, we've got Tommy and Eileen Walker here with us tonight. Hey, Tommy, Eileen, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, hey. Thanks for having us. So Lisa and I have been running with um, Greater Than Great on our playlist for, mm-hmm. for years now. Tell us. One of my faves. Yeah. I make everybody listen to it. If you get in my car, you're going to hear that song. All right, Eileen.
Eileen, we've been watching you sing since you were a little girl. I know. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Finally. It really is. And it's so beautiful to watch how you have matured as a worship leader yep. and as a songwriter. And I love that you have parts of your dad. I'm sure you have parts of your mom too, but I'm saying as a worship leader and yeah. a songwriter, but yet you are so bold to like do your own thing, which I'm sure is kind of hard to have this, you know, dad who's this amazing worship leader, guitar player. And, and Tommy, I, this is a surreal moment for us. I've been involved in worship for over 20 years. I was the first, I was part of the first instrumental praise team at Oak Hills Church where Max Locato was the pastor. And it was called Oak Hills Church of Christ. And we, we shortened the name to Oak Hills Church and had the very first instrumental praise and worship band. And it was, you know, pretty scandalous at the time. But um, we've had, I know that um, Jeff Nelson, who was our worship leader, just like, if we didn't sing a Tommy Walker song, it wasn't Sunday. So it was like, (laughs) I know all the songs and so does Lee. Yeah, we've been worshiping with y'all for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, we uh, we we basically wanted to get the two of you in the same place to talk about um, what do you say, you know, the new song. Um, yeah. But we can we're going to just have a conversation. I'm sure it'll center on a lot of things. But Eileen, that song, I, I saw a video of you with your dad describing where that song came from, and um, just as a little bit of background, because I don't know if you know as much about us as your dad does, but. Um, 
we lost one of our children in 2013, Mitchell, our son, Mitch, mm-hmm. when he was 19. And that's sort of when I started writing and, and podcasting and doing all those things. And our, our ministry basically has circled around hard things. And how do you hold on and rekindle your faith and find hope again when you're going through stuff? And, and, and just turns out that that, that conversation is important and worldwide. We have 75 countries download this podcast last week. So people talk about it. And when I heard you describe losing your friend and, and how the Lord ministered to you in song through that, I just thought this audience would just love to hear us have a conversation about that sort of stuff. So thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for having me. So Eileen, when did you know you were a worship leader? Wow. Yeah. It's kind of funny because um, I obviously grew up Tommy Walker's daughter and I was a singer. So really ever since I could sing, which was at a very young age, everyone, it was assumed that I would be a worship leader. You know, everyone's like, you're going to be a worship leader, Eileen. You're your, your dad, you know, basically my whole life. And so I never really was like thinking I wouldn't be a worship leader out of rebellion. It wasn't that I was like trying to be like rebellious and not be a worship leader, but I thought it was too predictable. So I didn't think I was going to be a worship leader. I was like, no, I'm going to be like a nurse or something, you know? And then, but I would lead worship still with my dad, but I would specifically, I would lead worship for my um, youth group, for my middle school youth group. And I would be in there leading worship and sorry, I got farther away. Um, I would be in there leading worship and I would sense the Holy Spirit say to me, this is what you were made to do, Eileen. And I would hear it. And all through high school, I'd be leading worship every week in my youth group. And I would hear the same thing every time, like, this is what you were made to do. And I would come so alive, but it was like, I would forget or something. Like I would go home and I'd be like, so there's something I do on the side. Like, and I wouldn't remember that the Holy Spirit whispered that to me. And it wasn't until um, I actually went on tour with my dad in the Philippines and I was leading worship just at some church. We were just serving and the Holy Spirit whispered one more time to me, like, this is what you were made to do. Remember how I've told you that every time you've ever led worship. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, like I'm supposed to actually be a worship leader. I never really like remembered. And so really that was my, that was going into my sophomore year of high school. The Holy Spirit really like spoke to me and was like, this is what you're made to do. And so then from that, I actually um, started to homeschool instead of I was in public school, I was in sports. I was pretty popular. You know, I had a lot going for me in high school and I, I did homeschool and I really led worship every week and I was writing songs and I was, I really, i really took ownership of that word of the Lord over my life and took it really seriously and started touring with my dad some more. And then eventually the Lord called me back to my high school and people got saved. It was amazing. But yeah, it was really my sophomore year of high school that I really dove into that and took that seriously. So. Wow. And then you guys, we've seen all the videos of you and and your sister, Emmy, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. She's a great guitar player too, by the Mm -hmm. way. Um, We've seen all these videos when you were little and growing up playing all over the place with your dad in Canada and Colorado places. And it was great to see that. But when, when did you start writing? I mean, your writing styles are pretty different, aren't they? Very different. Yeah. Um, Honestly, funny. I, I've been writing really my whole life. It's just kind of a culture in our house is you just sing, you know, you just sing. It's just, I've always thought if you're a singer, then you're a songwriter. Kind of my dad thought the same thing as a kid. Like if you play guitar, then you're a songwriter. 
And so I just grew up watching my dad songwrite all the time. My siblings all wrote songs. And so I was like, I guess I write songs too. So really from a young age, I was just really just singing scripture was really the culture in our house. So ever since I was little. I'm always like, you know, you want dinner? Finish that song. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But yeah, from a young age. But really, I think my um, sophomore year when I homeschooled is when I, my dad would have me, I was like almost like my dad's student. Like every Thursday I had to turn a new song. Um, so really, and that's really when I, like I was baptized in the Holy spirit and really came into friendship and intimacy with the Lord was like, I always loved him and everything before really did and loved the Holy spirit. But my sophomore year is when I really, really found friendship with Jesus. And that's when I think I really started songwriting and like finishing songs on my own, not just like kind of like, let's, you know, it came, it became more, more of like a hobby for me and more serious for me, uh, my sophomore year. Yeah. How did uh, Tommy, the idea of doing an album together here, the highest praises album is out and I've, I've shared it with the listeners before. Um, and you can get it free really on, on the Tommy Walker ministries, uh, org website or any place that you stream music, but the highest praises is a legit, like start to end worship album as, as good as anything out there. And, um, you guys wrote a lot of those songs together and several of them individually. How did that come about as a project for you? Well, I kind of, when I, when it became very evident that Eileen was, was going forward with the life that she's just been describing and started writing her own songs, I, I thought at some point before I, I hang up the cleats, we've got to do this because <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a part of our, our whole life's life together just around the house. Yeah. People, Joe, every once in a while we look at each other and we think, I wonder if people think like if you come to the Walker house, like we're just singing all the time. <laughs> and because if you think that you're, you're right. actually right. You know? so, <laughs> so just constantly writing songs, singing songs, harmonizing all the time together. So since it's such a natural part of our life, it was only natural that we do it at some point. And the other thing that I'm super grateful for and passionate about is about the uh, the generations worshiping yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been doing this for all these years. And now by the gift of God, I, I get to kind of start over again and travel the world with this girl. And, but it's not just the old dude up there now, now it's the the generations together. And I always say, if God is a, a father, then he must be like me. He must like <laughs> when his kids are together and loving him together. You know? oh, so yeah. um, we're super grateful that we can be a small little example of that. Yeah. Uh, and we've been watching for, you can go back as far as the internet will travel with Tommy Walker mm-hmm. and, and you're all about, you, you've, nobody ever had to tol- tell you to be diverse in your, in your right. band and in your choir and so your musical styles. And, you know, we, I, I've joked with Lisa before, like I've got a couple of people that I've never met in the flesh that are, that are pastors and ministers to me. And John Swanson's one of them. Um, and, and Tommy Walker's my, is my worship pastor and he'll, you know, if a Tommy Walker album comes out and he says, Hey, we're going to do the Beatitudes in reggae, then that's what the Holy Spirit is going to tell me to do. You know, 
<laughs> so we, we've, we've followed that journey, you know, all along. And, and it's just been a, a really cool thing to see this come together as the two of you. And, and I think every parent hopes that their child will follow in their steps in some way, but especially spiritually. And to see it sort of vocationally and spiritually is a really special thing um, yeah. for you too. Eileen, has there been somebody other than your father that's influenced you in worship, in in your worship leading style or your music writing style? Is there anybody else that you uh, look up to? Yeah, honestly, it's funny. People ask me often, they're like, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, it's such a common question to ask um, other musicians, like, what do you listen to? And it's funny. Only my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny how um, we're singing so much in our house that we don't actually listen to a ton of music. But I, I would say as far as like influences in the worship world, I really was blessed to grow up like under not just my dad, but also like the other worship pastors in my church, Jacob Park and Alex Espinosa, and to really learn from them. And even my oldest brother, Jake, is actually a really amazing worship leader. And watching him um, just have friends over and just have worship nights with his friends and learning from him and just really just like the culture and the lifestyle of worship in in daily life, you know, I think I learned from. But um, I listened to a lot of Upper Room you know, upper room, they're just, it's just like a house of prayer, really. It's a church and I hop and really just kind of, kind of more like soaking type, um, artist is really what I listen to most. Um, yeah. So honestly, I don't have a super great answer to that because I feel like we're making music more than we're, um, listening to it. So, Mm. but I think that honestly, it's been kind of powerful in my life with my songwriting because, um, not that it's better or worse one way or the other, but I have um, songwriting friends who are like, yeah, I, like, I, I'm really inspired to write like so-and-so. But for me, I don't really have a lot of different like artists and sounds to compare my music to. It's really just what comes out in the secret place with the Lord. So it kind of feels special to me of my music doesn't feel super influenced by another person's sound, obviously, like my dad's and um, like prayer rooms and stuff. But it's special to me to be able to know like this music, this sound is really a pure, um, just intimate sound that I've made with the Lord in the secret place. I love that. If I could just speak to her writing style, (laughs) like, um, which I so admire about her, like if she's in a, a hard time or, or a good time or whatever it is, she'll go, into the piano room and just pound it out before the Lord. <laughs> and and where I can be more methodical and thinking about how it needs to musically all fit together, she just lets it gush out. And it might the song might have three vamps <laughs> and no choruses, but it is what it is. And um but it's very honest and very just pouring her out heart out to God. And sometimes I help her like both <laughs> tighten the bow up at the end a little bit, yeah. but, but it's really, it's really authentic. And I, I really, I think Thank that's you. awesome. <laughs> well, I think that's so beautiful because right now something I've noticed in the worship community kind of worldwide is you have these, and I listen to everybody, anybody that I, that I get a song that really speaks to me, I'll listen, try and listen to some of their other stuff. But what I've seen is, 
you'll have this one group and they're great, but then somebody else will do their songs, maybe possibly a little bit different way, but the same song. And so we've been saying this for years. There's not a whole lot of people putting out a lot of new stuff. There's more people singing the same stuff over and over, maybe just a different style. So I think it's important the fact that you are just listening to the Lord and letting him direct it. And that's, that's why your music and Tommy, your music speaks to us so much. It's, it's so powerful and immediately I'm able to see myself in that situation or feel those same feelings because we all are having the same experience just in different places and different times, but everybody is dealing with hard things. And so your song really is a very important song, I think. Thank you. Let's talk about that for a minute. So it's a good segue to what do you say? You know, you, you had some personal tragedy in your life and what happened? Yeah, so I grew up, um, my dad's drummer, um, Bob Wilson. <laughs> when did you meet Bob Wilson? Um, 30 years ago. Yeah, so they've, they're like best friends, done music together for years and years and years. And um, Bob and Laurie Wilson have two daughters, Rachel and Jesse. And my older sister, Emmy, and Rachel are best friends. And me and Jesse, the younger daughter, are best friends. And when I say best friends, it's like, it's more like sisters. Like it, we really were different level of like friendship, sisterhood, um, just always hanging out. Just had a really special like friendship and bond. And especially with our parents being close, our sisters being close. Uh, so it was just really like a um, kind of a family dynamic. And so Jesse and Rachel actually were both adopted. So Jesse was adopted at three years old. We were at the courthouse when she got adopted. So we were friends. We're the same age. I was either two and a half or three when she got adopted. I was there. We've been best friends since we can remember. So ever since we're three, we're best friends. It's funny because before, you know, in the adoption process, you like the family would visit Jesse before they adopted her and they would show pictures of me and say, this is going to be your best friend. So it was really like a, um, really ever since we can remember, we were the closest of friends. And so, um, she, she struggled with, she has, she had one of those hearts, you know, the people that care so much for the outcast and just love people so much. She's one of those people to the point where she would only hang out with the people that were really struggling. And so then to a degree, you can only be so strong before you kind of fall into it as well. So it really came from a pure place of wanting to help people, but she ended up getting in the wrong crowd um, and had a lot of also personal struggles with being adopted and just different dynamics that were hard that led her into drugs. And so she was kind of in that crowd. She was in rehab and um, we didn't see each other a ton, but it's kind of that unspoken thing of you're like, it doesn't matter how often we talk for the, you know, we're best friends for our whole life. We'll pick up exactly where we're never really worried about our friendship. And she was doing a lot better. She was sober for a while. She was doing awesome. And so literally, and I had like texted her a few days before. It was almost her dad's birthday. She was planning a birthday party. And on November 14th, I, and for context, I, I was a very busy person. Like 
I was already really feeling burnt out on ministry before she passed away. I was like just doing so many things. I was in high school. I was traveling all the time. I We had foster kids in our house. We had so much going on. So I was already of depressed and just because of, I was just so worn out. And so then it's November 14th. I just finished my day at high school and I was record, doing a recording session for my dad and we're recording um, a song actually called Perseverance. And something kind of shifted in my dad. And I was like, we got off a call with my mom. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But, and then I was on my way to go do a Spanish project for one of my classes. And my dad was like, oh, I need to talk to you before you leave. And I was like, okay, I got to go right now. Like I'm late. And he was like, um, I was like, I was in the parking lot. I was like, can you tell me now? And he was like, go up to my office. You know, I was like, gosh, like what's happening. And then my poor dad, I can't believe you have to be the person to do this, but we're in my dad's office and he just drops and he just says, Jesse died. And I obviously saw a lot right now trying to keep it together, but it was just the most unbelievable like moment. Like I couldn't, because if anything, I thought maybe something would happen to her older sister because her older sister wasn't doing well. Jesse was sober. She was doing awesome out of absolutely nowhere. There was no context for like what, what happened. And so I'm just in my dad's office and just in so much shock, just like losing my mind. Like what happened? No one really knew yet, but she died earlier that day. And so um, obviously the most tragic, like just crazy moment. And we went to um, their house that night and she, her car was there. She wasn't there. She was gone and um, just got to sit with, you know, her family and just all weep together and um, just so surreal. But um, long story short, what happened? If you're just wondering what happened, she, before we get into any of the song stuff and kind of the journey of it, um, she essentially um, was taking a, just like a calming drug, um, I guess, and it was laced. So it killed her. Mm. And that was it. So, yeah, so she passed away. She was 18. Um, I was 18. And, yeah. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so when that kind of thing happens to you, and there's people listening right now, they're in the middle of that. I mean, we get get emails. We have a little prayer thing on our website, and we get emails every day from somebody going through the worst you always call it the next worst thing, yeah. like the, the worst thing that can happen to you. And, and we've been there yeah. too. And um, what's your, what's your feeling of where God is in those moments? Do you, does he feel farther away? What happened to you right then in, in terms yeah. of your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. So that night I was at the church and my brother, Jake, um, he lives right walking distance from the church. So I ran to his house and I cried and I sat down at his piano and I thanked the Lord for the cross. And I thanked him that Jesse was in heaven because if it weren't for the cross, you know, to be in hell. And so I was, I was so overcome with just the reality of the gospel and how good of news it is. You know, it sounds funny, but I was so thankful in just such a real way for like, I, cause I never really experienced death like that before. I was so overcome with like, God, 
thank you so much for heaven, you know, because where would I be and where would Jesse be? So I think for the first time I was like really like face to face with what it would be if it weren't for the cross. So I sat at the piano and I said, I sang a song as my friend Lindy's song. It's called Oh the Cross. And the bridge just says, thank you for breaking the bread of your body and spilling the wine of your blood. My heart will sing forever. Thank you. And I just sang that for so long. And it was just the grace of God, you know, that he brought me to that place. But I just remember the the Holy Spirit gave me so much grace because I was never mad at God. And I'm not, I understand that's part of grief. If you are mad at God, don't feel bad about yourself. But I, um, I just had so much grace but I wasn't, I wasn't mad at God. I was confused, of course. And I was so brokenhearted, but I was so thankful for the cross. And I was so thankful, um, for the spirit and for his closeness. And more than anything, I just wanted him to be close to me. And so I think in that I didn't, I wasn't really feeling much. I was just so overwhelmed, you know, I don't know if I even remember if God felt far close. I felt helpless. I didn't know, like, should I go? Can I go, like, pray for her to be raised to to life? You know, that was a real thought of, like, what do I do? Like, do I go? So it was just so overwhelming. I wasn't thinking very straight in a lot of ways. But I think mostly what came over me was just desperation for God and also for just, like, because, Jake, before I – um went into his house because he was having a party there. I just remembered I ran to him. He met me in his driveway and he took me up to his office. And I remember just being so like, Jake, like what? Well, help me, help me. Just sobbing. And there was a cross in the office and I was like, the cross. And it just really aligned me. And I was like, okay, I have the spirit. I have Jesus. I have the cross. He's still good. It just, it just really aligned me. And it brought me into just really, I think, alignment as much as it could of, okay, I'm going to go straight to Jesus in that moment. So that was kind of that first few moments. When did you, when did this concept of this song happen? It was, you didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about my friend and losing my friend. No. So what do you say wasn't written? So she passed away in November. And then what do you say wasn't written until like January? And I, I worshiped, throughout those months and just I was like God is worthy I'm gonna worship him and doesn't matter what happens in my life he's worthy you know and I love him and I I I love Jesus and he is close to me and he's good and he's my comforter and I I can't imagine I can't imagine not going to him was really how I was like he's the only rock and refuge I know and so I was worshiping all throughout that, but I didn't come to that song until um, a few months later when I, like I said, I was so busy. Like I really, for like context, my friend died on a, Jesse died on a Thursday. Then that Saturday, I was on a plane flying to go lead worship at a church. So I was just so back. And then that Monday I went to school. So it was just so, honestly, I look back and I'm like, uh okay that's horrible but anyways it was just so busy and so in January I don't know which day I was so busy I had just gone to school all day I don't know what else I did in the day and I was supposed to be at some church meeting that night and 
I literally was supposed, I needed to do, I had so much homework, you know, as a senior in high school, taking hard classes and getting good grades and really working hard. And I remember just looking at my mom being like, I can't go tonight. Like, I just have to say no. I just can't go to this meeting. I need to do homework. And I need, because I need to do school. And so they all left. And that was like the first time I like said no to a commitment in a long time. So I was kind of like, wow. And I didn't even end up doing homework. I just couldn't think I was so, so overwhelmed. And I was like, I need to go to the piano because what really this song was, was I was so, 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 and I know I explained this some on the video you're saying you watched, but I was just so overcome with so many things. I was so sad, like so sad. And I was so like, I was so mad at myself. I just, cause I just felt so like, like, why am I not like doing a better job at like grieving almost? I was like frustrated with myself. I was so sad. I was so mad at how many things I had to do and how busy I was. I was so stressed out because I had so many things to do. I was just every emotion really you can imagine. I was feeling it. And on top of that, there's so much spiritual warfare coming against me because the devil hates my guts, you know? So he's <laughs> on top of all that, he's coming against me with like all of his discouragement, all of these lies. And what I realized was I just needed God's perspective. And so I sat down at the piano and I was like, Lord, I know what I think, you know, like I know what I feel about this day because it's just such a bad day. Like it was just so bad. And I was like, I know what I think about today. And I'm mad. Like, I'm upset about it. Like, it was a bad day. Like, are you mad at me? I thought God was just mad at me. I don't know why condemnation came after me. But I was just so like, God, like, I'm doing everything wrong, probably. Just rebuke me. Correct me. I'm so open, Lord. I just want to hear your voice. And I just want to honor you. And just tell me, like, what I'm doing wrong. Lord, tell me anything you want. I just... I just want to hear from you. And what do you say? You know, just that was it. I was just like, what do you say, Lord, about today? Are you saying do something different? Are you saying I'm fine? Are you saying you're cool? Like anything, you know, like whatever you want to say, God, I just need to hear it because my perspective I know is going to be different than yours. And I'm just longing to hear you. And I just sat at the piano and I just said that over and over. I just said, what do you say? What do you say? I just sang it. What do you say? What do you say? And I was about to give up. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me that in Psalm 34, it says God is close to the brokenhearted. And I realized for the first time, I was like, I'm brokenhearted. Like that means God is close to me. So whether I feel it or not, I know God is close. And I know. And then also it says God's word will never return void. And so I was like, I know that it's true that he's close to me. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait on him and I'm going to, I'm going to be with him no matter what, because that's what his word says. And so I kept just singing that just like, what do you say, Lord? What do you say? What do you say about the day? Again, kind of expecting a correction, you know, which I was grateful for. I love when God corrects me, his kindness, but I just thought he was mad at me. And I just had the most intimate encounter with the Lord just sitting at this piano, just by myself in my house while everyone was at church. And the Lord, he was so surreal. Like, I only know how to describe it of like, it felt like water flowing through me or something like, like out of body. Like I heard the Lord sing to me 
the chorus of I'm the God who's close to the brokenhearted. I'm the God who weeps with those who weep. I'm the God who knows suffering and pain, you know, the whole chorus. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh, like God. And it's, what's crazy is as soon as I sang it, it was like physical blinders came off my eyes because the truth set me free in that moment. And that was the truth. And the whole day I was agreeing with so many lies. Like I was like, God is mad at me. That's a lie. I was agreeing like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything wrong. That was a lie. There were so many lies like coming at me. And as soon as the Lord saying this truth over me and I agreed with it, I'm telling, I literally, of course I'm still mourning, but there was freedom of me understanding God's closeness. Like I can't even explain the Lord was sitting next to me on the piano bench. Like he really was with me and it was, I could sense and I could see in the spirit, like all of these days ever since Jesse had died. And of course my whole life, but specifically in this season, the Lord was with me, weeping with me every single day of it. And it was for the first time I could see that and I could agree with that. And I understood that character and nature of God in a whole real way. Cause up to that point, I just felt like I was like, Lord, I'll worship you because you're worthy. But I didn't feel his, his like communion with me of like, Eileen, I'm, I'm weeping with you. I'm weeping and mourning more than you of over this, you know, and just that like fellowship with the Holy Spirit in my mourning and in my brokenheartedness, he just came so close. And so that's what the bridge really says is like, so I'll be holding on to your every word, Lord, because it's yep. opened my eyes to see that you're here with me every day, all along. And so the whole song really just walks through the whole testimony of that encounter. And of course, I I mean, the song was really pretty much finished after that encounter because it all just happened right there. Um, but I showed it to my dad and he helped just kind of like close a few things up on like the bridge and um, stuff like that. But really it was just desperation and running to Jesus and asking for his perspective and him meeting with kindness and mercy. Like he always does, even though I was thinking he was some mean guy. Again, I don't know where that came into my theology so bad, but I, he came and in who he is and his kindness and in his mercy and in his beauty and in his comfort, which is who he is. And it was, it's still to this day, really going to be one of the most profound important encounters with in my relationship with the Lord ever. I can't see your face I hear 
Could I, can I say something to that? Um, I think maybe the most amazing thing about this song is it's an example of a person that just went through a tragedy. And when she went through that, she had two choices, to run away from God or run to God. Mm-hmm. And I think there's people listening probably in this moment, some um, angry at God, wanting to run away from God. Yeah. And, but you have that choice. But I lean that song. Why do you say, God, I'm running to you. I'm running to you for the answer, for the hope, for yeah. the, uh, for everything, the peace. And 
and just to to encourage the, the people out there that are suffering great loss. Yeah. Don't run away. Run yeah. to him. You know, it's it's really crazy. I I went and sang for a friend's mom who's in hospice who might not even be alive as I speak. It's just the very end. I sang at a funeral this morning yeah. of a very dear friend. And I'm going to another funeral tomorrow. Three days. Wow. Three so much loss going on. I don't know what's happening, but but in, I'm watching, and as a worship leader who's done many, 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 many funerals, I watch people run away from God and people run mm-hmm. to God. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to have it all understood yeah. and figured out, but there's a there's a deeper point where the Spirit, where, where Jesus wants to be your comforter yeah. and um, have that encounter. So... I, I just love that she ran to God. Yeah. When we lost Mitch, we were in 21 days of prayer with our church, our church. Um, in Alabama. And so you went to the building every morning at 6 a.m. And you prayed for an hour. And there was some corporate prayer. There's worship time. And then a lot of individual time for prayer. Yeah. And we're both just wiped out, like completely wiped out. And we hear Kaylin, she was at home still. She was in she was in tenth grade. Tenth grade. And we hear her coming up the stairs at like five forty five. Like, where are you the going? The day after Mitch died. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? She said, Going to prayer time. Mm-hmm. Where else would I go? And it right. was like, Where else would I go? Exactly right. Yep. That is the only place to go. Yep. But you're right. I think one during those hard times when your heart is so broken, you are vulnerable to the enemy because he sees you as ripe for the picking. And, but your strength as such a young person, um, and you have always, since the first time I ever saw you sing, reminded me of our youngest daughter, Kaylin, um, who sings and writes songs and um, just an amazing worship leader. But, it's, it's like an individual, everybody has that individual moment where they have to make that choice. It's yeah. not, nobody's exempt from it. And if you're a believer, you will have that moment. Yeah. You will have that moment where you have to decide, am I going to run to him or away from him? And yeah. tell me what you said is true. You have to run to him. And it has to be a choice. It's a decision. Absolutely. And it's such, it's, you got to, uh, Lee always says you have to know who God is. You got to know what you think about God before bad things happen. So that's a decision you can make now before something bad happens in your life. When this happens, I'm going to turn towards the Lord instead of running away. So thank you for that song because that is going to help a lot of people in that one moment that they have where they got to make that big decision. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is too, friend, if you're listening that you may find yourself like I was sometimes. Sometimes you run to and away from God multiple times in the aftermath of something like that. And the question is, where do you land? And mm-hmm. it, it, it's not that all of us have a perfect track record of you know making the right decision. We, we often just go back and forth for a long time. And I want to I want to have another important point too. Um, and you guys, that wasn't the only tough loss you had in your in your circle. You lost a, a family member. Yeah. Um, that year as well. Your brother-in-law, right, Tommy? Yeah. 
And we're so sorry about that. But that you, your whole family had to make these decisions that year, didn't you? No, and it's a. Uh, I heard a A.W. Tozer quote. He said, "Don't try to understand so you can believe, but believe first in order that you may understand." That's right. And of course, we know there's things we'll never understand this right. side of heaven. But you have to basically choose to come at life at a point of faith as opposed at a point of doubt because there is things that we can't understand. And I, I, like I, I have made a decision when, when my kids put me in the ground, they're going to be able to say he was a man of faith Yeah, because I've decided that. And I, it doesn't require that I've completely understood everything, especially some of these tragedies along the way. Yeah. And I also want to be in a small way, an example of a, a person that, that stood up. It's kind of like when we said, I surrender all, like that's right yeah. to, to the end. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I, I like what you said. It's not like I, I don't have those, Sometimes it's back and forth a little bit, you know, those those days of doubt and discouragement and anger at God and running away and then coming back. It's not done perfectly. But, but yeah, I don't, ever since Jesse died, what was the date exactly? The, the year? 14th, 2019, November. Ever since she died to this moment, I have never even close experienced so much death of friends and family. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, I know COVID is a little part of it, but I have had to make so many decisions of, mm-hmm. Lord, I am in this no matter what to the end with you. And I'm going to believe first in, in order that I can understand for whatever I can understand. And yes, I love what you said to remind, like it says in the Bible, well, Jesus, if we bail on you, well, what's the alternative? Where, where else am I yeah. going to go? It's not a very uh, great uh, options out there. <laughs> okay, right. I can be my own God, which is a lot of people yeah. are into. And I know how, how that'll work out. I, I, I can turn to some kind of whatever works kind of religion or cult or new age thing or whatever. I, Lord, I, I have nowhere else to turn. Yeah. That's right. Anyways. You know, I read a book. I just finished it today, actually. Um, it's called Either Way Will Be All Right, and it's by Eric Tonjes. And he wrote it while his wife was dying of stage four cancer. And then you get to the, the epilogue, and it's after she's passed, and he's talking about how God, he was a pastor. She was going through all this with two young kids, and his wife was dying, and he's pastoring a church, and and. And, and she ultimately succumbs to the illness, and he has written this beautiful book about how he's gotten closer to the Lord, and she got closer to the Lord during those trials, and how the Lord matured them and ministered to them and all of that. But he made a really important point. I just want to I want to bring it out because somebody listening tonight is going to think, Eileen, that after that piano bench experience with you, that God flipped some switch and you didn't hurt anymore. And is that what happened? No, no. 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 In fact, I would say that through, I mean, yeah. And yeah, anyways, but I would say that the healing of 
this whole, I'm going to heal because I'm going to mourn my whole life. You know, it doesn't ever go away ever. It's always tragic and always miss her every single day. Um, But I'd say like the healing with the Lord, the amount that I know the Lord now in this way that I would have never met him unless something like this would have happened to me is worth more than anything to me because I know him in such a deep, deep way that I never knew him before. And I really knew and loved him before, but now it's almost like, it's almost like all of it was worth it. All of this pain feels worth it because the healing is so sweet, which sounds crazy because even when I say it, I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, but it's like just letting just the way that the Lord has revealed himself and proven faithful and still been good and spoken to me and sat with me and wept with me means more than anything to me, you know, and I I get to know him. We get to know him as man of sorrows. Like I get Mm -hmm. to know him as the man of sorrows. If, if I wouldn't have experienced tragedy like this, I wouldn't know that side of God. Like I get to, you know, I can believe it in faith, but I get to experience it, you know? And just like, for example, like I would sit at the piano and the Lord, I just felt so rushed. Like I needed to like finish up and finish like grieving so that the Lord could use me. And the Lord just said to me so simply, I'm not rushing your grief, Eileen. Like I'm willing to sit with you no matter how long it takes. I'm not going to get up and leave you if it's taking too long because I don't love you for what you do anyways. You know, I had this like, this like worker mentality of like, I, I need to like get better because the Lord only loves me if I'm leading worship or if I'm doing some really awesome kingdom exploit for him. When in reality, he died for me while I was still a sinner. And so mm-hmm. all of the work workers mentality just, just falls away when you realize your identity as a daughter or a son. And the Lord met me and like, Eileen, I will sit with you all day, every day in this place, no matter how long it takes, because I love you and your heart matters to me. And I would have right. never... I mean, maybe I would have, but not in the same way if this would have never happened to me. And I under, I've met him as a father in such an intimate way that that changes my life every single day. And, is, and he's using me to move other people's lives through the way that he's encountered me. And it just makes it all because it's all about him anyways. My whole life is to know him and to bring him glory. And so if it, if it means I get to know him in this way, it's all worth it to me. Mm. Yeah, he said, uh, Tom just said, I'm sorry, Tommy, go ahead. I just, quick thing to add to this, which I've been reminded of by you, you two, and the loss of Mitch, is how God is a redeemer and takes the worst of the worst of the worst. And Mm. and, um, this song and this podcast today is an example of that. I, I believe, I'm believing in faith. God is going to use and minister and comfort whatever he's going to do to somebody today yeah. out of our terrible loss. And isn't that right. cool that, that yep. God, whatever you're going through and the, the searing pain that it might be, I think I learned this from you. Isn't it awesome that there can be purpose in the pain? You know? Yeah. God can bring good out of it. I would love to hear you say something more about that. Yeah. We will. I, I I want to share this one quote from the book because I, I just have it on my heart that 
that there's somebody who thinks that that once you give it to God, it's supposed to stop hurting. And that's just not, that's not true. And Tanja said it beautifully. He said, growing in your sense of God's greatness and nearness will not repair the hole in your chest. Yeah. So you said it just right, Eileen. You said exactly the right thing. Like you learned, you grew closer to him. You're grateful for that healing, but it didn't stop the pain. It didn't stop right. it from hurting. But what yeah. it does yeah. is it, if we have our eyes on the resurrection, and this, that's why we have hope, it's that we know that we have the one beside us who can help us bear the pain. And we yeah. know that we have beside us the person who has the power to redeem it all in the end. And it's not the end of the story. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's what did it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd say with like that mentality of once I give it to God and like for me on that piano bench, once I got the, the revelation that he's close to me, then all the pain should go away. It's not that, you know, like some days I feel worse than I did when it first happened. You know, it's just every day, you know, grief is such waves. It just is so unpredictable. It didn't, of and I wouldn't want it to take the pain away. You know, I, I want to be able to still miss her and grieve. And, but I, what it did is it didn't take the pain away, but it gave me a revelation of the great comforter, you know, so it changed the mm-hmm. way I would grieve, but it didn't take away grief. You know, it just right. completely set me on the course of how to grieve with, with the Holy spirit and with the great comforter um, mm-hmm. rather than having to grieve with on my own strength. So I, that's what I would say is like, it didn't take away pain, but it just taught me how to take the pain to the Lord daily and know that he's kind, you know? I think it it makes us a little bit more like God, because if you think about God, if he knows everything, then he knows the greatest tragedy that's happening this second. And he knows the happiest, most wonderful thing that's happening mm-hmm. this second somewhere in the world. And so somehow God is a very sorrowful, happy God at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I have found that I, as I grow in my faith and my maturity, I, it's indescribable, but somehow I can be joyful and sorrowful at the same time. Yeah. I think that represents a, a depth, but it only comes through going through the valleys. And, and exactly. Uh, yeah. Somebody ought to write a book about that. Um, he is right now. His <laughs> That's what I'm writing about yeah. right now. What? Who is yeah. what? That's my new book. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's my plug for it. <laughs> what were you going to say, honey? No, just the per- what you said about the purpose of pain. And if we don't give purpose to our pain, then it lessens mm-hmm. the tragedy or the thing that you went through or the thing you're currently going through. Yeah. And I think recognizing it and understanding this is painful. Yeah. But I have in me somebody greater than this pain. And I have somebody that died for me. My Lord died for me so that I could have the hope of a future with him in heaven. And so yes, I'm in pain, but I have there is a purpose and it's usually to help somebody else because you're going to run into somebody who goes through that same, very similar circumstance and your words, especially with the song, because you're going to reach more people than you would just in one-on-one ministry. So you're going to reach so many people in that moment of their pain and it will bring purpose to their pain. So it's just this contagion. And I think that's, I think God really does rest in us in those painful moments because the yeah. mountaintop I think we 
I mean, we might say thank you and be grateful and have gratitude, but it's in those pain moments that we're so desperately searching and so needing him so desperately. So those are the ones I think we learn the most lessons from and we grow closer to him in those moments and we grow in our faith in those moments too. Yeah. Yeah. I found that too in my, so Jesse died November and then my uncle Josh whom our, our family is really close. So it wasn't like my uncle I never see died. It's like really tight knit family. He died in July. And so I, you can imagine, I'm just like, so I finally, I just remember being like, wow, I finally came to the end of myself, Lord. Like, and I just remember having that same revelation of like, I'm so desperate for God. I'm in such like complete need of him because I have nothing left and he really is my all in all and finding it really like a privilege to be in such a posture of desperation because the Lord meets it, you know? And like, even sometimes when I'm not in such a posture being like, man, remember when I was like, so I had nothing left to give. I kind of miss that because that's when I met met God the deepest because I had so much longing for him and so much, you know, it says like, yeah, anyways, but I, I totally relate with that and, and resonate with that too. And I, I actually wrote a song too that's not out or anything, but it's called All in All. And I, it's just really, when I realized like, Lord, all all of everything I have need or want is all found in you. Like all my joy, all my peace, all my strength, every single need is fully and only in Jesus. And he's the only one that can meet any need or, and can satisfy anything inside of me. And I need him so bad. And I, I found that in a place of so much loss and I had nothing left to give. And that's really how I came to that. I'm grateful just on a, on a side note, you know, the, the, the songbook of the Bible is the Psalms, right? And we we have all these song, worship songs contemporarily that are upbeat and praise and, you know, high tempo. And, and, and one third of the Psalms, though, if that's our songbook, were songs of lament. Okay. And one third or this place where you say, what are you doing, God? Like, what happened? Where are you? How long are you going to stay gone? And then turn around by the end and realizing that you don't have any hope outside of him. And I'm, I'm a appreciative of the fact that you guys put some of that some of that pain on this record that people need it i mean people need to know it's okay to voice those things what are you doing what are you saying god we need that so thank you for being obedient and thank you yes. and we, we told y'all 30 minutes and we've kept you almost an hour so <laughs> i'm sorry about the length but we needed i'm telling you just like you said tommy there there are some people that will hear this and we don't know where they are or how many of them are there um, but we know God calls us to take care of the depth and he'll take care of the breadth of where this goes. And there's somebody out there who needs it and they're going to, and they're going to be blessed by you know, what y'all have shared with us tonight. So um, we're praying for you. We pray for you all the time. Go ahead, Tommy. I, I, I was just laughing because I, I often listen to you like when I can't sleep in the middle of the night. So sometimes I think I I fall asleep. I'm saying things even on this podcast that I think I learned from you in my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, I I just want to encourage you. You've really been, podcast has been a blessing to me. Thank you. And I also just wanted to 
thank you again just for your incredible generosity to us and, and mm. the TWM the ministry. We're so yes. grateful and still believing somehow we shall meet in the <laughs> physical realm someday. <laughs> well, well, I tell you, I think I said it to you in an email, um, but we're building a house. So we're looking out on the North Platte River just, just behind our screen here and we're building the house next to the one that we're currently living in um and we we would like to plant the seed of an idea of you all being here to dedicate this house with worship on the river uh, in a couple of years and so lord willing if that's something y'all are willing to do we, we would like to see about making that happen so yeah and i i grew i grew up and she grew up with worship in the home something mm-hmm. different and special about that and what a beautiful way to kind of inaugurate your home with the presence of yes. God. We'd, we'd love to. Yeah, we'll figure that out. So I don't know if we ever told you either. We met on the worship team at our church in San Antonio. I was playing guitar and she was singing and that's where we first met. So and our whole relationship has been about worship. So It's a good place to be way better than online. we love you all so much and we're grateful for you and the work that you do and and i just know that um, we're going to get you some new listeners tonight eileen and uh, some people are going to connect with you but more importantly you're going to minister to a lot of people uh, over the next few days as this comes out and um, you have a final encouraging word uh, for anybody out there you too Listen to Dr. Lee every day. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. And uh, Lisa, do you have anything else you want to say? Well, I do kind of have one thing I want to say. So there has been many times where, because Tommy Walker is kind of like a rabbit hole when you get on YouTube. (laughs) Um, I get in there. So we will sit for hours. I'm not joking. And go all the way back to where you're wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. You have sort of a mullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, so one of Lee's favorite things though, is it called Throwback? Throwback Thursday. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You did like five or six of them. Yeah. He loves those. And mm-hmm. what I love is he'll say, come here, come and look at this and listen to what he has to say. He'll say, did you see what he did? Did you see that? Because Lee's a guitar player. And I'm like, I don't really understand what's happening, but it must be impressive. And say, you'll, Tommy, you'll say something like, okay, now all you need to do is this, this, and this. And it, Lee's like, what? It's a brain surgery. Do that? Like, there's one video where you say something like, I'm going to play an A flat minor sharp 11 diminished augmented 14. And you say it like it's normal thing for humans to understand and i'm like how does he do that like i've got pretty good i mean i'm a brain surgeon i've got pretty good hands and i can't play a nine fret chord like you can it's amazing so yeah we do that a lot we we watch you guys and listen to you we Mm -hmm. shared your music with people all over the world and and uh, we're just grateful for you and i just love that and I think, I don't know what my face looks like when I worship, but I know what his does. Mm-hmm. And your whole group, that's what I love. It's like, you can see it's authentic worship. Yeah. The joy on your face is just, it's contagious and it makes you feel closer to the Lord and the songs that you've, that the Lord has given you, because that's the reality is he gave yeah. you those songs because the people that hear them needed to hear that's them. Right. And so I'm just grateful for the two of you, 
for your wife, because I think she probably does a lot to help get all this going. If y'all sing around the house all the time, somebody's got to be cooking. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to be doing some stuff. And I, I have a right feeling <laughs> So one, I can't wait to meet all of you in person yeah. and be able to worship with you. Um, but just thank you for being so open to allowing the Lord to give you what he's given you so that you could give it to even me and to everyone else that gets to hear the songs that he's given the two of you. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. Tommy, if you listen all the time, I know you're going to get this question right, but if you're going to run towards the Lord and you're going to give him your heart and you're going to let him minister to you, when do you start? You have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.